Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 13, Lucky One Three. Mm. This is our 13th episode of Time of Death, our podcast about true crime and healthcare. So, Riss, do you want to get into it? Well, it's your case. Well, why don't you give them a little background on what our podcast is? Your little oh, you know, oh my god, sorry, I just woke up. I was like, wait, D, it's <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna move fast this case, so keep up. <laughs> so, Time of Death is a podcast where D and I, we are two nurses with psychiatric and medical background. We like to investigate true crime and give our thoughts on them. And if you enjoy, you can follow us. You can like us. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we also have an Instagram where we post semi-frequently. <laughs> so, yeah. I just want to give a warning for sensitive content during this podcast. We're going to be dealing with domestic abuse and also the abuse and death of babies as well. So if this is going to be triggering to you in any way or harmful for you to listen to right now, then we'll just check you out in the next episode. All right, Dee, go ahead. Okay, so last week I teased that we were going to be doing an international case. However, this is no longer the case as I stumbled upon a really gut-wrenching story. I reached out to the mother who was a victim herself and she okayed us discussing this case. She's been incredibly passionate and a wonderful advocate for domestic violence situations. I wanted to really discuss her case because it it's absolutely gut-wrenching and heartbreaking and if this is something that can help bring more awareness for domestic violence, I think that's something that we need to do. And also there is a healthcare component. So as healthcare workers, I wanted to talk about this as well. Okay. Oh, let's get into it. So this actually took place on April 10th in 2023. Okay. So very recent. Very recent. The case involves um, 28-year-old Mariah Lee Gardner, who's wonderful wonderful mother. Uh, she seems like a really great person as well. Um, so she's the mom of four kids. Braylon Copeland are her two older boys that she had uh, from a previous relationship with her first husband. And then she had two younger daughters named Rosalie and Willow, who she had with her second husband, her ex-husband, Stephen Clare. So in this scenario, Stephen ends up shooting Mariah multiple times. I believe oh. it was five times. Wait, and Stephen was her second husband? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Ex-husband and the father of those two girls. Okay. After he shot Mariah, he was trying to find her two oldest boys, specifically her 11-year-old. But luckily they had escaped and we'll get into that a little bit more later in the story. They also had two beautiful girls, Willow, who was 11 months old. She was almost a year. She was only a few days shy of a year old. And then two-year-old Rosalie. He actually ended up killing, attacking both of them, and 
killed the little baby, mm. uh, Willow, the 11-month-old. Rosalie was severely injured, spent a lot of time in the ICU, and we'll definitely dive into that a little bit more, but Mariah is very lucky to even be alive, mm. as well as Rosalie, and unfortunately, you know, they're all victims, but Willow, Willow died in that house. Stephen murdered her. So just some history and how these events came to be and everything transpired. In 2017, Mariah had gotten divorced from her first husband. Um, they were married very young. And when she was single, she was just looking to like have fun. She was not looking for anything serious at that time. So she actually met Stephen two weeks after her divorce was finalized. They were in like the bar and she saw this very small nerdy guy as she described him and he was like super into her but she did say that there was just something off about him Mm -hmm. so during that night he ended up telling her that he was a doctor and she had like looked him up and she saw that he was a nurse practitioner so she called him out on it and he was like it's just easier to explain it that way, blah, blah, blah. I made some lame excuses. And he's like, well, I do own several freestanding emergency rooms in the community. I already don't trust this guy. <laughs> so she said that she was very much struck by his compassionate nature. It was very clear that he loved what he did in the emergency room and in healthcare. And Mariah said that she had always gravitated towards healthcare herself. She was in school pursuing her biology degree. She was going to become a dentist. She shared that she thinks that a big reason that the medical community has such a big draw for her is that you can build trust and help people. And I think that's very clear that Mariah is even trying to do that now by making her story known and Willow's story known and Rosalie and all of her children's stories known. Mm -hmm. And all she wants to do is help. So Mm -hmm. I think that that really rang true for me. The fact that she wanted, she wanted to, she wanted to become a dentist and help people. And she was attracted to that and Steven. And it's really interesting because the healthcare community failed her countless times through this story so it's it's very sad and it's very crazy that you know that's something that she was trying to do and i think it spoke volumes that this is what she was really attracted to him about so she also said like he was super smart and but he was a significant amount he was significantly older than her Okay. He was 22 years older than her at that time. He had two older kids from previous relationship. His son was 15 and his daughter was 20, whereas she had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Okay. So in like very different Mm -hmm. stages in their life. And also this creates a very distinct power dynamic. Mm -hmm. You know, he has money. He is established. He has older children, like he is older in general, 
and she's a single mom trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. Mariah also shared that she has a significant history herself in terms of trauma, even before this whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. She had been sexually assaulted, sexually abused. Her parents had substance abuse issues. And also there was concerns about parental neglect. So she had it really rough. But considering all that, especially, she's remarkably strong. Mm-hmm. But I just want to give some background into why this might have transpired the way it did and why he was very much drawn to her. Because what we see in these dynamics, because at the end of the day, he is a predator. Mm-hmm. And he saw something in her that he felt that he could capitalize mm-hmm. on. He was a walking red flag that gravitated in something that he saw in her. Well, I think a lot of the time people like Stephen or people who want to manipulate and overpower other people are drawn to people who are very caring, empathetic, mm-hmm. you know, people who like to be advocates for other people. You yeah. know what I mean? Like very sensitive and and compassionate and self-aware people like it sounds like mariah is so throughout their relationship she noticed that it almost was if he was living two different lives she caught him in like multiple lies he was flaky they had agreed to go on a vacation which she organized she set everything up like she was really excited for and he ended up just not following through with that vacation and ghosting her. He ghosted her? Yeah. Like, and he's like, oh, like, what happened? And she was like, yeah, what do you mean <laughs> what happened? Like, we had this vacation. We were going to go on vacation. And, like, and he turned it right around, gaslit, blamed her. And it's just, like, it's just an emotionally manipulative. She mm-hmm. described him as an emotional vampire. Mm-hmm. And I think that was such an apt description because... He just was, like, taking everything he could from her. And it gets so much worse. So it was, like, kind of casual at that point. And in 2019, started getting a little more serious, which is right around the time that his mom died. And I guess that at the funeral, she was there for him, very supportive. And he got very, very drunk. She said that she was thinking that he might even have some kind of substance abuse issue, whether Mm -hmm. it's alcoholism, because at like a certain point of the day, he was usually drunk. Mm -hmm. So during that time after his mom's funeral, when he was very, very drunk, a lady had called and she thought it was like a family member, you know, calling to see like, are you okay? So she answered it and the lady's like, who is this? And it turned out that he was engaged to this woman. And Lily was like crying, really upset. And it the girl told Mariah that right before Mariah had actually met Steven, they had gotten back from Hawaii on vacation. (gasps) So absolute liar, absolute cheater, like a lot of red flags at this point but as we know they're so talented emotionally gaslit manipulated her spun a very intricate believable tale oh she's crazy and 
at that point, Mariah moved into his house. Did he ever find out that she knew about this? Yeah, she confronted him. Oh my. And he's like, oh no, well, you're the one who's at this funeral. Like, clearly, like, you know what I mean? She's crazy. She's crazy, babe. Like, mm. no. But he was a very good bullshitter. Mm-hmm. And he was believable. And also, you, if you are invested in someone mm-hmm. and you care about them, you want to believe the best. Yeah. You want to believe, you know. Mm-hmm. But he was not deserving of that love and that compassion that mm-hmm. she gave him. And I think also a lot of the time when people have like a personality disorder or they're very mm-hmm. manipulative, they also suffer with alcohol addiction or other oh, yeah. drug addictions. It's extremely common. She said that it, he probably was an alcoholic, but yeah, that that is a substance abuse issue. That's a mm-hmm. very real issue and that's a very commonly used. And the way that he was so deceitful and underhanded he could have been doing other things too mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's not such a far reach but basically he begged her to move into his house after his mom passed away after that whole <laughs> debacle of the mom's funeral and the lady calling and mariah speculates that a big part of the reason that he wanted her to move in so badly was that he was looking to replace his mom with another woman mm. They had like a very enmeshed relationship the way that she described it. His mom would drive like several hours, two to three hours every week to go to his dorm room, do his laundry and just clean his room. Wow. It's like, it's just too much. Like Mm -hmm. this man was very babied Mm -hmm. and very dependent on this woman. He was very dependent on his mom. Yeah, it sounds like he needed a replacement. Yeah. I guess, like, at one point, like, he, like, ripped the sheets or something from him having, like, restless leg or something, and he didn't know where to buy sheets. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you (laughs) a 50-something-year-old man, and you don't know where to buy freaking sheets? Mm -hmm. Go to freaking Walmart. Take a look around. Like, it's not rocket science. Yeah. You know, but it's, like, willful incompetence. Yes. So, during their time together... She said that she found out about at least six affairs. So he was like a liar and a cheat on top of everything else. But he was also very skilled at love bombing. He'd Mm -hmm. be like, you're my dream girl. You're my supermodel. Like, I love you. You're the best. And he like fed into what she was proud of herself Mm -hmm. about. And then at the same time, he also capitalized on what her insecurities were. Mm. Like truly emotional vampire i think that was like the most apt description i want to see that in the dsm-5 truly emotional vampire emotional vampire because that's such a good term it is because when you have somebody like that who can gaslight you and like they're they're skilled you know they have a a skill set that they can just suck the life right out of the people they're the victims that they choose you know what i mean it's exhausting and i think the reason that he ended up doing what he did, a big part of that, is because at a certain point, enough was enough. And Mm -hmm. she was, you know what I mean? And he could not control her. And he wanted to hurt her. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't really see, and this is just, you know, me talking, whatever, armchair psychotherapist. But 
he definitely has some kind of personality disorder. I don't know if narcissistic mm-hmm. or what, but he did not see those kids as anything but an extension of her. Mm-hmm. So he was lying all the time. He would lie about like where he was, like stupid innocuous stuff too. And they had a very tumultuous, difficult relationship. He would tell her, you know, I really want another kid. Mm. And poor Mariah had to go through like all these fertility treatments, had to like jump through hoops to try to get pregnant again. And once she got pregnant in 2019, the abuse really started to ramp up, which I is think very common. You know what's interesting is October was just Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a good thing we're covering this case, right? I agree. In in tandem with that. But I think also there's statistics showing that in abusive relationships during pregnancy, the abuse intensifies and increases a lot of the time. I don't know what the numbers are, but I do know that it's a pretty significant jump. But this is what also kills me. At her prenatal appointments they should have been screening for Mm -hmm. an abusive household and they should have been making sure she was safe there's like so many things that were that they there's so many things that failed yeah that got them to this place so while she was pregnant she was like early on in her pregnancy and he ended up kicking her out of his house Mm. which again comes down to the power dynamic and the reason that he did that was because she got a lab puppy. Are you kidding? And he's like, oh, yeah, I cannot handle a puppy and your kids. Because her two little boys were living with them at that time, too. Mm-hmm. So he moved her out and then moved her right back in before she gave birth. Like, how are you going to kick your pregnant wife out? And then like, oh, yeah, you're getting ready to have the baby. Come back. Come back, babe. And, like, during that time that she was gone and, like, living elsewhere, he had another affair. Oh, my God. So this poor girl just had a freaking baby, moved back and forth. Not Keep in mind, there's two little kids, two little boys that are being displaced. And she's just given birth. She's found out. She found out about an affair. She's depressed. She's postpartum. Like, she had postpartum depression. The baby is two and a half weeks old. Oh, I need space. <gasps> Rents her a house right down the street. And it's it's like he yo-yoed her. He yo-yoed the crap out of this poor girl. And her three babies. Like push and pull, push and pull. And that again, like that. I thought that was just completely awful. This woman just gave birth yeah. to your freaking kid. Mm-hmm. And she has two other babies. And her two, two other, other babies. Two other babies, three. Two and four when they met. Or two under five years old. That's crazy. That's awful. That's just, And he, you know, he's a master manipulator, this guy. So after seven months, the baby's seven months old at this time, she ended up breaking it off with him. Good. Because enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And he was like very much trying to reconcile. Let's go on a trip. You, me, and the baby. And he ended up proposing on this trip. So they reconcile, they get married at, I don't even want to say their house because it's his house and he's Mm -hmm. being really crappy about that. And he's like immediately after the wedding, wanted another baby. So 
Mariah did not want another kid at that point. And it sounded like he almost baby trapped her Mm -hmm. because Mariah has autoimmune condition and she can't go on birth control. Okay. So they had to like be very careful and Mm -hmm. a lot of that responsibility lies on the man. Yeah. And he, it it sounded like he, I don't want to say like explicitly, oh yeah, he baby trapped her, but that's the kind of the vibe that I got. He got his way. He got his way. Mm-hmm. And so she ended up getting pregnant again. While she's pregnant, he kicked her out again. Took another trip. He wants to reconcile again. And I'm sorry. This is a freaking pattern. This was financial abuse. This was spousal abuse. And getting someone pregnant when they clearly don't want to have another kid, that's not consensual. No. That's rape. Mm-hmm. And they just gloss this over like, and I'm sorry, she had two babies with this man. Mm-hmm. How was this not addressed at her, the the OBGYN? They should always, and I think they're really? supposed to at every appointment. And like, actually, I think every doctor's visit, it's supposed to be. Do you feel safe like, at home? Even in the ER, we ask that through when we do triage mm-hmm. every single, for every single patient. But where were the supports for this poor mom, this poor young, like, let's, like, let's say that she didn't, let's say she, like, this was her first kid, mm-hmm. and she didn't have the the young little babies that she had as well. That's not, like, that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it makes it even more terrible, but it shouldn't have happened, the whole scenario never yeah. should have happened. So, they go on another trip after she gives birth. So she has their very young newborn and then Rosalie, their other for her firstborn with the, with Steven. So this is June 2022. And during that trip, it was very strange because Steven was having some issues with the IRS. Okay. So Steven's in a crap mood and asks Mariah, like, oh, if all of your kids were in front of the firing squad you would just save Rosalie. What? I had like no words when I heard that. I was like, what twisted individual? And I don't even yeah. want to say what exactly I was thinking in the podcast, but what a twisted. Why even say that? He's fantasizing about these kids being murdered yeah. and Mariah being put in like a. In an impossible situation. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know what, Stephen? If it was you, you know, if it was any one of those kids on the firing squad, he would be the would, one, would one pulling yourself. the trigger. Yeah, he'd be uh, the yeah, one pulling you, the trigger. Yeah, exactly. And so then he starts making comments to Rosalie, little uh, freaking baby Rosalie, that he's going to kill himself soon. Is the third there, child, and then Willow is the baby, yes. the babyest. Yes, Mariah. Okay. She has her two boys, Braylon and Copeland, then Rosalie, and then Willow. Oh, I see, I see. So he starts telling Rosalie, oh, daddy's going to kill himself soon. He's telling his kid this and blamed Mariah for wanting to kill himself. And he's using now the kids as tools in his abuse. Mariah described Stephen using the daughters as pawns. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, their daughters 
they're beautiful, living, alive yeah. people mm-hmm. as pawns. Like, so she like confronts him and is like, "What are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. this is traumatizing. Like, what's wrong with you? I'm leaving." So she gets in the car, and she she's just such a nice person yeah. because she's like wanted to make sure that he got home safely despite him saying that crap and doing that crap she wanted to make sure he was okay Mm -hmm. so she gets him in the car and he ends up jumping out of the car goodbye goodbye (laughs) she she's such a nice person and she she, he cap he capitalized on that her being such a kind compassionate person and so she calls his son she's like something's like not right with your dad like I have to get out of here and I cannot, I don't want to leave him. Like, yeah. And so he ends up going back in the car. They get home. He ends up physically restraining Mariah. And she's like, dude, like I cannot even like, I need to get back to my kids. Mm-hmm. So wait, the, were the kids at the house with them at this point? Yeah. I think they were in the car, but oh, they were I in see. the house. Okay. So, she was very concerned. He had, like, made those statements about mm-hmm. he's going to kill himself. So she called the suicide hotline. Good. They're like, oh, call the non-emergency line or whatever. And the police came. And Stephen was very belligerent. The st- police were concerned for his safety. Mm-hmm. So they brought him to the emergency room on the 72-hour hold. Good. But- <laughs> oh, Lord. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no. wait. This guy is very savvy. He mm-hmm. owns several emergency rooms. So he talks his little talk, does this little emotional manipulation, and he's out after four hours. Like, that's, just think about that. Like, yeah. that is out of this world. No. You know, that's why there needs to be a routine for every single person that comes into the ER having made suicidal statements. Mm-hmm. There needs to be, like, at the ER that I work at, we do a crisis evaluation by social workers we have a little area off the er where we hold patients while they're waiting to be evaluated and we get collateral information from family and friends intimate partners all that but they should have made sure Mm -hmm. like okay yeah this guy's saying he's gonna kill himself he also made a a very bizarre Mm -hmm. like i would take that as a threat if someone said firing squatted my kids Mm -hmm. If I don't even have kids. Yeah. And I would be like, yo, who are you talking to? Yeah. You know, like, even when you're, I imagine, like, getting information from family or Mariah in this case, and you would hear these statements as a medical professional, as yes. a social worker or, or whomever, whomever he talked was doing to, the screen. then, you know, that's kind of like a clue. Like, he told my daughter, like... That he wanted to kill himself. He told me this comment about a firing it's squad. It's abusive. That I would, like, my mind would go towards, like, are you safe? No, Are you safe not. at home? So, I don't and know. The prior, and I'm going to be, I'm going to sound, this is going to be my hot take. Yes, the patient, like, the safety of the patient is whatever. But in this situation, you have young kids. Mm-hmm. You have a mom. You have other people. Like, okay, he's not going to kill himself, but... Is he going to hurt these kids? Yes. And you have such a powerful power dynamic. Yes. Too. Like. He's an abuser. He's. Mm -hmm. And and like that. That should have been red freaking flags going off everywhere. Like sirens and stuff. But like. 
they failed. Yeah. They absolutely failed. So it gets worse. So she was adamant that he needed psychiatric help after. And they both met with a psychiatrist. And so when Stephen met with the psychiatrist, he spun whatever Mm -hmm. web he wanted to weave. And the psychiatrist told Mariah, well, Mariah, you almost cost him his license. He's just angry with (gasps) you. Maybe you should apologize to him and give him space. What? I know. This psychiatrist said solidarity among healthcare workers, man. Solidarity. And it was a woman with 30 years of experience. And she's telling Mariah, oh, babe, you, you, you're the one who messed up, not yeah. him. No. Yeah. No, this is on healthcare workers. However, it also shows how potent and how powerful his manipulative skills were. Exactly. Because he could, it sounds like this guy, he's very charismatic. He could talk his way out of anything. But we need to do better as healthcare workers. I think I have a pretty good bull hector mm-hmm. because I like to think, at least I'd like to think I do. And if someone came to me and was like, my husband is saying this to my child, mm-hmm. I would tell her, you need to get your kids away from him yeah. because he's going to do something fun. Mm-hmm. I would hear like morning bells off of my head if Absolutely. someone told me those things. Even those, even just the firing squad comment, mm-hmm. like hypothetical scenario, I'd be like, "That's not do you normal." Feel, do you yeah. feel safe, Mariah? Mm-hmm. Do you feel safe? That's what should have been asked, mm-hmm. not, "Oh, Mariah, you know, you almost cost him his license." Yeah, you need to apologize and do better. You need to do better. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so they had been seeing a marriage counselor for two years previously, and. Her advice to them was, you can make him the person you need him to be. It is very misogynistic Mm -hmm. and internalized. Like, always the women are having to do the emotional labor Mm -hmm. and, like, oh, you can change him. Mm -hmm. Yes, you have to tailor yourself to suit him. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, what? And it's it's your fault. That's basically, that's what everyone's saying. It's your fault. It's her fault. And that's blaming her. Yeah. Like, shame on them. This this case made me cry, mm-hmm. and I don't usually cry like that. Yeah, I like absolutely cried over this. It's just it's horrible, all the way around. So just to illustrate, like how like what a freaking liar he is. So Mariah shared that, yes, he lied about being a doctor. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. And he gives me like very strong Dirty John vibes. Yeah, doesn't he? Like, the same, like, he goes after her child. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of parallels. So, apparently, Stephen would tell people that he was the rock doc. He would work, like, music venues, was, like, the physician for the stars, basically. Oh, my God. (laughs) And... He had, like, memorabilia from, like, all these different music, like, the Jonas Brothers and very weird, like, just very bizarre, like, memorabilia. But Mariah spilled the tea and said that he would, like, buy this stuff off eBay (laughs) (laughs) and forge these signatures. So, anyways, they continue having a tumultuous relationship and... 
memoirs and I used to be a strong independent woman who overcame trauma and she didn't recognize herself anymore because you get so beaten down you know she's been with this guy for a few years now yeah you know and she has been enduring this for years like you get I don't want to say complacent well I guess complacent's the right word you like get used to it and you just get so beaten down mm-hmm. so beaten down and you kind of forget that you know you have more power than you think you do true but she wanted to show her kids what a really healthy relationship should be because mm-hmm. she was not in it and she reclaimed her power and she left she divorced him which good kudos Thank to God. you mariah because that <clears throat> Mm-hmm. So he began stalking her. Mm. And like she said, there was an instance where he drove drunk to her house because it was right down the road. And he broke into her house, got into her bed where she was sleeping with her baby. And she called the police who did not come. <gasps> and he's like, well, I'm on the lease. I don't I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm on the lease. Again, the power dynamics. Yeah. This was financial abuse mm-hmm. on top of everything else. So this is the pattern that this was their relationship and this was his very possessive, jealous, controlling nature. Yeah. So on April 10th, uh, this year, 2023, which was the day after Easter Sunday, Mariah did not have the girls for the holidays to even add them. So Mariah was sick. She was with her two boys. They just had like a really chill holiday. I guess Stephen had like come by on Easter at some point to drop something off or whatever. So on Monday, that was a Monday, she picked their girls up from their school at 2.30. And to hear Mariah talk about when she saw Willow, because this was the last time she would ever pick up Willow from school. So Willow is with the other babies in like a little buggy carriage and having a great time laughing and being a happy baby. And she took Willow out to go get her sister, Rosalie. So she said that she like would hold Willow and like it was their time together and like so special and just, That's just heartbreaking. She was like snuggling with each other, like Mm -hmm. just happy and loving each other you know huffling her baby so they picked up rosalie and left the school went to go pick up her two boys from the other school Mm because they're a little older and they headed home so willow was 11 months old so she's just starting to take her first steps Mm. so she guess she had gotten her three little steps out and it's like a big moment Mm -hmm. so Raya had called Steven to let him know, like, hey, the baby's walking, you know, mm-hmm. and he seemed excited. Mm-hmm. So she's, like, spending time with her kids, cuddling and just decompressing before they have, like, dinner and homework and just having a good time. So she's not checking her phone. And I guess Steven had, like, texted and called her. And so she's, you know, busy making dinner and whatever else. And the doorbell rings. And Stephen is at the door, so she lets him in the house. So, you know, she doesn't really think anything of it. They have, like, a co-parenting mm-hmm. 
relationship he the baby had just taken her first couple of steps like it's a big deal so she's cleaning up i guess one of the kids had knocked over some books and she's like cleaning and she's bent over and she feels him like near her she's like okay she like look turns around and she sees a gun in her face and her first thought was this is a fake gun like this Mm -hmm. is not real like he's just playing some twisted sick joke Mm -hmm. And he's like, Mike, what are you doing? And he's like, get in the fucking car, Mariah. I'm going to kill you and every single one of your kids. You want to act like a whore? Well, you're not going to make it this time. And he's like saying this with the most serious expression, mm-hmm. like not kidding. And Mariah's like trying to de-escalate the situation and like calm him down. And she said that she like smell alcohol. So he's clearly inebriated at this time. And she's like, let's talk about this. You don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, really trying to work with him. And at that point, she's like, this is serious. So she grabs the gun. She's, like, trying to grab it away from him. And he's just punching her in the face and hitting her with the gun. Then he, like, starts kneeing her and just, like, beating the hell out of her. So... She can't get the gun away from him, but she, like, pries his finger off the trigger. And she just trying to trying to do whatever she can in her power to get the gun away from him. So she tries to scratch his eyes. Like, she's doing whatever she mm-hmm. can do. She's in, like, total fight mode at that point. And, like, she wasn't able, like, scratching his eyes was not effective. And she ended up reaching down and grabbing a Roomba vacuum and hitting him with it Mm. and that like stunned him enough for her to run to the front door and he's right behind her Mm -hmm. so she's running to their neighbor yard next door and she's screaming like call 911 someone get help like screaming 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 for someone to help her and her babies her only thought when she was recounting the story was that she needed to get him away from her kids Mm -hmm. That was her priority. She wasn't so much... She was not even concerned about herself. She wanted to get him out of the house to get him away from her babies. So she keeps looking behind her to make sure that he's still there and, like, didn't turn around and go in the house. And she said that when she looked at his eyes, they're just, like, black and cold, and he's totally expressionless at Mm -hmm. that point. So... He was, like, walking after her, and she's, like, going from, like, neighbors to neighbor's yard. Was no one hearing her or what? Nobody was answering the doors? They weren't answering the door. He had a gun outside. Yeah, And so he ended up firing the gun, and it hits her in the side of her leg, and she just keeps running Mm -hmm. and keep looking behind her to make sure that he's there. So after he turns around and is trying to get go back into the house. And she ended up talking to the neighbor. She's like, call 911. And the lady's like hiding behind the car. And she's like, I'm going to call. I'm calling them on the phone with them now. And she follows him back into the house. Because she got to protect her babies. Exactly. That's so horrific. So the boys, I don't know which boy, had locked the front door. 
and he like had tried to open the front door but they had locked it Mm -hmm. we couldn't get back in so he goes onto the side and there's like a gate that you have to enter a code and then sliding glass doors so mariah flies to the front door and is like banging on it like open up open up it's me it's mom open up so the the kids open the door for her and she tells her oldest son take your sisters and go hide and he goes into the bedroom that his grandpa stayed in. So, Stephen The and- grandpa wasn't there, though, right? No. Okay. Stephen comes through the sliding glass door and is like, where are the boys? Where are they? And he was, like, very fixated on her oldest son. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, bringing her into all of the bedrooms to look for the babies. Specifically her oldest son. And she's doing whatever she can, trying to stall him, like, talk to him. She's sitting on the bed. Like, she's doing whatever she can. And he starts beating her again. Then Rosalie comes, and she's in the hallway outside of the room. And is like, don't hurt my mom. He just continues beating her. She said she doesn't know where Rosalie went. And Stephen drags her out of the room by her hair into the kitchen. And while they're in the kitchen, she grabbed a knife off of her counter or the butcher's block or whatever it's called. And she tried to stab him. And he ended up taking the knife from her. And she ended up grabbing the blade of the knife mm-hmm. to, like, get it away from him and threw it. She tries to grab the gun again. And she gets shot in her stomach. And she's like, it felt totally different than when she got shot in the leg. Like, mm-hmm. like she knows it's something that is devastating Mm -hmm. and is is very serious so she said at this point she knew there were only four bullets left and all she could think about was that she cannot let those bullets hurt her kids Mm -hmm. so she pushes him into the living room and holds the barrel of the gun so she would hit her pelvis but she said that she knew that it would miss her major organs and again, she was a biology major. And she mm-hmm. said, like, this will use a bullet and make it so that yeah. he can't use it on my kids. Mm-hmm. And her oldest son came out and tried to get Steven away from Mariah. And it's like screaming, crying. And I'm sorry. And she tells him to go hide, call 911, mm-hmm. get out of there. So she starts fighting Steven again, trying to distract him. And she gets shot. Oh, I'm sorry. She's trying to distract Steven, fight him, and he shoots the gun again. However, it hits a window this time. And she said that the last one, she got shot in her face, and it came out the other side of her head. And she said that at that point, she knew that she was going to die. So she's very weak, she's dizzy. She's just crawling out on the driveway to try to just get help. And she sees her son running down the street in his pajamas. And she's just lying there. She's just trying to get help. And a female officer comes. She's like, please go save my kids. Like, they're still in the house. And the officer's like, I can't leave you. Like, you're too critical. I can't leave you. So while she was Outside dying, Stephen was inside the house trying to find 
her babies. He's like pulling doors off the hinges. And he ended up finding the two girls. Oh no. And the same knife that Mariah used to try to defend herself, he used on those two girls. He laid those babies on the floor next to each other. And he made Rosalie watch him hurt Willow. Oh my God. And then he basically disemboweled those two kids. So they have just their insides on the outside of their bodies at this point. And not even a thought. He leaves. He goes to his house. He puts his clothes in laundry. And sits on the couch and watches TV with his 19-year-old son. Those kids had no one to defend them. Their mom had done everything that she could do in her power. She had done everything, literally took bullets for them. And the police officer, she should have gone in the house. Is that, like, routine, like, for them to stay? That's weird. It is weird, and she should have gone in the house. And it was just one officer responding to this call? I, I don't know. I don't know. That's what That's bizarre. It is bizarre. But you know what? Shame on the police because they didn't take anything that she... Because she had been calling. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's the name of that girl that in Connecticut? Oh. It's oh, like yeah. Tracy Thurman. Tracy Thurman was nearly killed because the police didn't come when they were supposed to come because there were so many calls. So... So Mariah ended up being being in the hospital for a prolonged period of time, as did Rosalie. They were both in critical care. They were both very, very much in go situation. And we found out in the hospital that Willow had passed away mm-hmm. and that Willow's body was being stored in the morgue. But because Stephen was Willow's father, Mm-mm. they needed his signature to cremate Willow, the same baby that he killed. They needed his signature. Mariah was too fighting for her life. Yeah. She didn't know what would happen, had happened to her kids. It's just like that was the worst part of the whole story was that she could not she's in the hospital she said she was okay dying she just wanted to know that her kids were okay and then to find out that he had disemboweled two of your babies and killed one of them i have no words i like truly have no words for this case this system is protecting abusers they wanted his signature on the same baby that he had killed so what happened? Did he end up signing it? But like, no. So he was charged with capital murder, assault with a deadly weapon, and attempted capital murder. His trial should be taking place sometime in summer. However, they were going to let him out on bond. It didn't matter like what Mariah and her the other victim said. The only reason that they decided not to was the fact that his brother, who's a retired police officer in San Antonio, wrote a letter to the judge and to the DA saying that Stephen is a danger to himself and others. And 
I think it speaks volumes that your brother would yeah. write that. And then that that's the deciding factor. Like, I'm very glad he did that. But that was the like, reason. That's it's like that power again, you know, here, don't don't do this. Like, this is my input, which, you know, that's good input. I'm I'm glad he did it, but like it just shows how it's Corrupt. not taken seriously. It's not. Well, they may be pursuing the death penalty for this case, and this will be the first case with a death death penalty since 2021. Rosalie could not even walk after her ordeal. She was in so much pain, not only physically but psychologically. She was essentially cut from her diaphragm down and had multiple other stab wounds. Thankfully, yeah. Rosalie and her brothers are doing better. But did, any, did the brothers get hurt? Not physically. But because Rosalie was only two when this happens, mm. she needed to be three in order to have some kind of therapy. But she, so she had no therapy after that ordeal until she turned three. So Mariah put her in piano and ballet, but she's, like, having night terrors, screaming, flailing, like, absolutely traumatized. You know what? Little ones can have PTSD just like everybody else. And you can, that's bizarre to me that, like, she doesn't qualify for, like, a therapy. Like, there's children therapy. therapy. Yeah, play therapy. therapy. That struck me as very weird that they would not consider her for therapy. Maya's doing what she can with Rosalie. And the oldest boys are... The oldest son is okay. He's volunteering. So the oldest is getting ready to go into middle school. And he's in therapy at this time. These poor kids. And this poor, poor... that That's just horrific for, for this poor mom who did li- literally everything she could to help these babies. I know. To save her babies. And then this for this to be the outcome is just horrific. I think that this is just one of the most tragic, senseless cases that I've heard about. And anything that will bring awareness for this, because there's a lot of healthcare workers listen to our podcast. And this is something that this was a, a horrible, horrible, horrible situation. But if we can find some kind of lesson and take it away from this, it makes gives willow that legacy Mm -hmm. and this poor little girl she did not deserve what her father did her your father is supposed to be your parent your your source of nurturing your love like your whole family system Mm -hmm. and for something so unnatural Mm -hmm. to happen we need to be looking at our healthcare system and what we're doing and screening and intervention Mariah had applied for food stamps because she was only given a small, small amount of money from her husband who was doing very well. Mm -hmm. And they told her, oh, well, we need to talk with your ex-husband and find out his, like, what? There's no, this is financial abuse. There was all different kinds of abuse going on here in the Mm -hmm. situation. And it was, if it had been addressed and nipped in the bud, if she would have been granted a protective order... Like, so many things. Yeah. He's stalking her. They escalate when they stalk. There's so many red freaking flags. And this system failed her all the way around. We need to do better. Yeah. We need to own up to this. And we need to do better. We need to look 
And it's just, it's, it's, it's tragic. But if we can ha- find some kind of meaning and use this to help others. So I just want to say R.I.P. Willow. And um, her little baby. I know. I this Dying the, at the hands of someone like that. It's just horrific. I don't really even know how to how to end this. Well, I'm really glad you covered this case, even though it was heartbreaking. It's a very valuable case to, you know, spread awareness and let people know. This is more common than you'd think. This Absolutely. this domestic abuse and just horrific, horrific. And I'm so sorry that whole family. Right. I, mean, I want to thank Mariah for allowing us to share this story. Mm-hmm. And our prayers are with you and your family. Thank you, Mariah. And thank you, Dee, for covering this case. I'm really glad that you did. More people need to find out about this. Hopefully, they can understand what I'm saying because sometimes it just, I just couldn't help but cry. It's just, just so. So, what we want to do today is, as Riss mentioned, this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, or October was. We just, it just ended, yeah. Daily and a dollar short. We want to share that. That there is a domestic violence resource. There are resources available for anyone that may be suffering. 911 is a resource you can use. However, there is a hotline, and that phone number is 1 800 799 7233 or 1 800 787 3224. We'll be putting this and it's a video phone, and that is 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday through Friday. Then phone number is 1-855-812-1001, or you can email them at deafhelpatthehotline.org. And I just want to add, if you are in an unsafe situation and you need emergency help, or you feel like you are in danger or the lives of your babies are in danger, or anyone that you know is in danger then the right contact would be 911, just to add that in there. If you think you need help emergently, it's always, as I say, always better to err on the side of caution and just call. And make sure that you're using a safe telephone. We want you to make that phone call in a safe way. Mm -hmm. Use the phone, make it in a way that you are safe because your safety is number one. There are, there are supports available. So we want to, I guess we will conclude at this point. I'm going to call it. The time is 1940. That is 740 for all you non-military medical folks. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Bye.